Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast by Romayalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. My name's Amanda Lee's Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Derek. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So how did you get started and what you're doing now? Well, I'm a physical therapist. Um, I work for myself. I've been in private practice for myself for uh, about four years, between three and four years. Um, I initially grew up in Utah, and I currently live in uh, North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, um, where I went to undergrad in Utah and then went to grad school out in Philadelphia. But I, funny, I'll try and make this short, but I was in, while in school, I went on clinical rotations, and I found that I wasn't able to help people the way I wanted to. Um, I was treating too many patients at one time. And so people weren't getting the results that I knew I could give to people if I had more time. And so I figured out how, or, or I started wondering, okay, how can I start my own business in order to help more people that, um, because there's, there's just, I've learned that there's a certain subset of, set of people and fibromyalgia is one of them, mm-hmm. that they just need more time. They need more one-on-one help. And I wanted to be able to help that subset of, uh, of people. And I could only do that if I worked for myself. And so I found a guy in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I worked for him for a year, Mm -hmm. learned um, business and clinical, and then here I am out in Durham now. I love that you want to work with people (laughs) one-on-one. It it really, I I learned very quickly in school that some, that don't, don't get me wrong, that model helps a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that just, they need more. Say they have pain in multiple spaces. Uh, spots of the body, or they've been in pain for longer periods of time. They just need more care. And a lot of times I've, I see, have found that they need more hands-on care. And if I'm treating two patients, even three patients, and sometimes four, you'll get uh, PTs uh, that do treat four people at one time, which is insane. Um, What's that? That's crazy. Yeah, it, I, I actually was in a clinical rotation where I was uh, multiple times I had four people at once. And I'm just trying to play catch up the whole time. I can't really, if, if somebody runs into a problem, say, ow, this exercise hurts or this movement hurts, what else should I do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even have time. Oh, and, so, and so I, I, I learned very quickly that I wanted to get away from that and be able to help uh, people one-on-one. That's it. That's cool. Um, so how long do you work with people one-on-one? It's about 50 minutes, five, zero. A lot of it is um, hands-on. A lot of it is hands-on, very manual uh, therapist oriented. And, um, you know, funny, we're talking about fibromyalgia is because I've really found over the years of working with people who have fibromyalgia is they need the hands-on care. Now it's not necessarily going to give people from my experience, it's not going to give them a long-term solution, but it can get them feeling better in the moment so that then you can start working on that long-term solution, which does involve movement. Because if something hurts, if exercise hurts, we don't want to do exercise. And so we start with a lot of hands-on therapy so that we can get movement feeling better. What is that hands-on therapy that you do? I do myofascial. I got. I, yeah, I shouldn't keep calling it that. Myofascial <laughs> release. I have found that that works um, really well. Okay. So, do people 
do they eventually get into work doing like exercises or what? Or yeah, yeah. So, so you, in the beginning, um, if again, if it seems like movement makes pain worse, we don't start with movement. We start with trying to decrease pain because you do have. Uh, there's certain people that hurt with movement, but then they continue doing movement and it gets better. Then you're you're okay, right? But if there's certain people that do exercise, it's painful, and if they keep going, it gets worse. That type of population should not keep exercising. That population needs a pain solution before we go into a movement solution. So a pain solution is different than exercise. A pain solution is that hands-on, that myofascial release, that I do a lot of dry needling as well, which um, fibromyalgia will respond to in my experience as well. Um, but we start with a pain solution before we get into the exercise. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I didn't have that. They just put me right into the exercise. And a lot of my patients, I've treated a lot of fibromyalgia over the years. A lot of them have that similar experience. And so for anybody listening to this, I would urge you to find somebody that is very hands-on myofascial release, I would um, Google search and see if you can find somebody in your area that performed myofascial release, because I have found that works a lot better for people with fibromyalgia or any sort of chronic pain, any pain in general that's been going on for a long period of time. It typically responds very well to um, myofascial release. That's a good thing to know, because I don't think the rheumatologists don't tell us that. They just right. they go to the physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and you know, it's like a dietitian, for example, you're a dietitian, but somebody else can be a dietitian and you can have two different ways of uh, treating something. Yeah. Whereas, whereas PT is very similar. You know, I could go to a PT down the street or go to myself and our way of treating pain is going to be totally different. So, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing if you've been to PT and it hasn't worked because then there's hope. You've just got to try and find the right person, but it's a bad thing because now you're stuck trying to find the right person. Um, but if, again, if you're dealing with chronic pain, something that's, that's been going on for a long time and exercise just seems like it's not helping or it's, it's in fact making it worse, go a different approach. Try and find somebody that's very hands-on oriented. And I, again, I recommend myofascial release. Is it easy to find someone who does that? Uh, I mean, if you Google search it, there's the, the person that I learned this technique from is through John Barnes. Okay. So J O N B A R N E S. He uh, teaches the courses. It's a certain um, subset of myofascial release and there are a lot of massage therapists that perform this technique. Um, so you could find a massage therapist that's uh, versed in it as well if you can't find a physical therapist. Um, but it is my belief that you need both because I could help somebody through the, you know, the myofascial release techniques. But again, the pain relief, it will go away for a little bit and you'll feel good for a while. But if we don't fix the underlying uh, problem of why it's occurring in the first place, then it just eventually comes back. 
And it sounds like you're about like getting to the root cause. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And, you know, I, I, I deal with movement, obviously as a physical therapist, I deal with movement. Um, so that's really what I specialize in, but I'm very much aware that there is a whole different world out there besides just, okay, it's movement, but, um, I will, you know, let's speak on movement today because that's where I'm really versed in and educated in. But a lot of times that what I do find is the area that hurts is in pain because it's compensating for a problem somewhere else. Uh So for example, I treat a whole lot of back pain in sciatica. So sciatica, if you're not uh, familiar with that term, it's tingling, numbness, or burning uh, that you feel down into your leg. And I find the majority of the time why the low back hurts is because one of the hips are stiff or weak. And so what this causes to occur is, well, let me back up. Oftentimes the area that hurts um, is compensating and the area that hurts typically is overworked. So if an area becomes overworked, it can start to lead to pain. So um, uh, what can happen is if I have a tight hip, so we'll go back to the, the low back being in pain. If one of my hips doesn't move very well, it doesn't mean, so this, a lot of people get confused on this subject. It doesn't mean you have hip pain. It just means your, your hip doesn't move very well. It doesn't have enough mobility. It doesn't have enough flexibility. And so if you don't have enough mobility or flexibility in one area, your body will compensate and it has to become more mobile at a different portion of your body. And so the area, usually the area that has to move the most or the area that has to work the hardest is the area that ends up hurting. Now, obviously we want to treat the pain, which is the low back, but typically it's not the low back that's the problem. It's the hip, the hip that's not moving, the hip that's very stiff or weak or inflexible that's causing that low back to be in pain. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And this, I mean, this type of scenario happens all over the body. So another example is like shoulder pain. Uh, The shoulder will start to hurt because the upper spine's not moving very well or it's weak. Um, You name it. Knee pain is typically uh, the root cause of knee pain is coming from something going on at the hip or the ankle. Uh, Everywhere that I treat pain. And this this is specific to somebody that's had... uh, that when the pain came on, it was gradual. You know, it's not like they had a traumatic injury. If you had a traumatic injury, say a car wreck or an accident or a fall, we know why the pain started. But the person that has pain come on gradually over time that says, I don't know exactly why this happened. I can't pinpoint an exact time why this occurred. It just came on and it's gradually began to get worse and worse. Well, that person is likely dealing with some form of compensation that's occurring throughout their body. Yeah. Do you find people like, how did they get these issues? I mean, it just happens over time. I mean, our, yeah, our, our, <laughs> yeah I mean, it just happens over time because we, our, our bodies really in my opinion, our bodies really need um, variability. So we need to mix up the activities that we do, but we're so, you know, we're creatures of habit. 
And so if we do one thing, typically we do that same thing over and over and over. Um, say, for example, sitting, a lot of us sit for work throughout the day, each and every day, over and over and over. And eventually that same activity can lead to some sort of pain because it leads to one area working harder than another. And when you do that, that same as activity over and over um, without mixing up your movements, then it can start to lead to pain. But it's, it, I, I wish physical therapy was like a, a dentist where you go in every six months, yeah. let's look at your teeth, let's get your teeth clean, let's make sure that everything looks good, is working well. But unfortunately, I only see people when they're in pain, but I, I, I wish that I could see every everybody every six months for one visit. And let's take an overall big picture. Let's look at your hips. Let's look at your knees. Let's look at your ankles, your back, your shoulders. And let's make sure we catch something uh, before the pain occurs. Yeah, we don't, we don't think about going to this physical therapist until we're in bad pain. Exactly. Or the doctor or anybody else. The dentist, yeah. the dentist we do, they, yeah. um, they have performed miracles on their marketing to get people to come in <laughs> yeah. every six months. But nobody else um, in healthcare has gotten that figured out. So I wish I could see people earlier, but I'm no different than anybody else. And I have to be honest, I probably wouldn't go either unless I had a problem. <laughs> well, it's the, the truth, we don't do it unless we have a problem. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. So what do you find people with fibromyalgia? Like, what do you usually do with them? Again, I start with the hands-on. I assess, let's assess the person yeah. and let's see. It, it's really a, um, not any one person is the same as another. So pain can be, you could feel the exact sort of pain as somebody else. Let's say shoulder pain. Your pain could be the exact same as somebody else that I see, but that doesn't mean that the problem's the exact same. So we have to assess, okay, there's, um, there's really, in my mind, there's, there's teams. You could think of it as teams. So for the shoulder, the neck, shoulder, and upper spine, they really work as a team. So yeah. if, you have, if you have pain in any three of those areas, we should at the very minimum be looking at all three of those areas. So if you have neck pain, I should be looking at your shoulders. I should be looking at your upper spine and I should be looking at your neck. If you have back pain, hip pain, knee pain, I should be looking at all three of those areas because they all play a role together. So um, I can't necessarily say, hey, what do I find with fibromyalgia? Now, a big global picture is I find that they respond very well to myofascial release in the beginning. Um, but ev again, everybody is different. I will say another thing that I have found with these people is they're very flexible. And I was telling you that earlier, yeah, um, they are very flexible. I have, I, I think it's, it's probably 90 plus percent. If you stand up, um, I have found that these people can palm the floor standing. You, um, so stand up and they can touch the floor with their palms. That doesn't happen very often. I do not see that very often, but it seems like when somebody comes in and they say they have fibromyalgia, I test it and these people can palm the floor. 
And so what that says to me is they're very flexible. They have a lot of mobility. And that means that in order to control that mobility, you have to have some strength, a lot of strength. The more, the more flexible you are, the harder your muscles have to work in order to keep that mobility under control. So a lot of times what we end up working on down the road, once we get the pain under control is a lot of strengthening. And so um, when they have uh, uh, mobility, a lot of hypermobility throughout the body, it comes down to let's, let's get some strength. And um, that starts to get things under control in the long term. That's interesting. Do you think, why do you think um, people can do that? I don't know. It's just a crazy. And I don't see it that often. I don't see, but it seems like almost every time that somebody comes in with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, they're hypermobile. And it makes sense to me um, from a physical therapy standpoint that somebody that has pain in multiple areas of the body is hypermobile in multiple areas of the body. Because if you're very mobile in one area of the body, um, another area will try and compensate to help. And then if you're very mobile in that area of the body, another area will try and compensate to help until everywhere is trying to compensate and help. And then all of a sudden you have multiple areas that are hurting. And so ultimately, again, down the line, at some point, we're typically working on strengthening to get this, uh, to get a long-term solution and under control. And I asked you this last time, did you test yourself? Can you palm the floor? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I can. Yeah. See, this is something I have seen over and, and over. And I don't work and I'm, I don't work on my flexibility. Right. Oh, my, just, no, no, wait, I do work on it. I do stretch and stuff. I do. You, and, and I take just, that back. I take that back. I mean, this is just something I've seen over and over again. And so I think there's got to be something to say for it. There's no literature, no science. This is all anecdotal. This is just just something that I've run into. Um, But I would love it if somebody would perform a study, some sort of research study on people with fibromyalgia and how they're hypermobile, because I can almost guarantee that plays into it. I would find that interesting. Yeah, I'd love to find it. I'd love for somebody to perform a research study. So for anybody listening to this, if you have the power to perform one, please look at some fibromyalgia and see if they're hypermobile because I've seen it over and over. I've got one right, a lady right now that I'm treating. I mean, she just moves like Gumby. She's all over. And it's, it plays it, it from a physical therapy, from a movement standpoint, it makes total sense why somebody would have pain in multiple areas of the body if they're hypermobile. And it really comes down to once you get the pain under control, then you need to start working on some strengthening so that you can mitigate that, that hypermobility. Yeah. And strength, building up your strength is so important. People don't do that. A lot. Well, a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people definitely, but it's, uh, uh, there's something to say for it. There definitely is. And it's good to start young with strength training and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> exercising. Do whatever That's it is it. you love. Yeah. Exercise. Do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Do what you love. Um, so what can people do to 
start to make changes? What do you think? Um, I mean, no, step number one is realize that you can get help. I think, I think what I've found over the years is um, people will get thrown into the medical system. And unfortunately, a lot of the medical system is just treating symptoms. You know, okay, what can we do yeah. to treat the pain? What can we give you that's going to help with the pain? But treating the pain and the symptoms isn't the same as treating the root cause of the problem. And so what I find that, uh, unfortunately, that occurs is people with fibromyalgia, they'll get thrown into the medical system and see provider after provider after provider, or maybe the same provider over and over and over until they're just like, this isn't helping, this isn't helping, this isn't helping. And then they eventually just give up. It's like, okay, I can't find somebody to help my problem. What am I supposed to do? And, and, and this isn't just fibromyalgia. I think this is pain in general. Yeah, a lot of people, they, they end up just giving up because um, unfortunately our healthcare system is so focused on just treating the symptoms. But I think what people need to understand uh, or hope that I can help them understand is if you find the right person, they're out there to help you. Um, you just have to, in my experience, which is, is very local, you know, what's, I don't have a whole like dietitian. I haven't worked with an osteopath. I haven't worked with an MD. I mean, there's just so many fields that I don't even deal with. Um, and, uh, but from my perspective, um, you have to find somebody that is willing to not just treat symptoms. They look at the big picture, the big picture person, um, and for, for me, for example, I don't just, you know, if you have back pain, I don't just look at the back. And in fact, the, the place I'm going to start is probably not even going to be your back. It's going to be somewhere else. Um, but find somebody that looks at you as a big person, as a, as a whole picture instead of, okay, where does it hurt? Well, let's take an x-ray of where it hurts. Let's take an MRI of where it hurts. Let's find out if there's arthritis, degenerative disc disease, herniated disc. Let's try and diagnose that. But science has shown us time and time again that people with arthritis, some of them have pain, why some of them don't. People with herniated discs, some of them have pain and some of them don't. Even people with torn muscles, some of them have pain and some of them don't. So at what point can we draw the line from okay, arthritis equals pain. It doesn't work like that. It just, pain, pain isn't that simplistic. We want to be able to look at pain and think A equals B, this diagnosis equals pain, but it just doesn't work like that. And so if, if I am the person that's in pain and I'm looking for a solution and I'm frustrated, I just haven't been able to find somebody, I'm going to find somebody that looks at the big picture somebody that doesn't just look at the pain. They start asking me questions about my history. They start asking me questions about, uh, you know, what have I tried that hasn't helped? What makes the pain better? What makes it worse? And they're not just so focused on, okay, let's get an x-ray. Let's get an MRI. Let's look at that. And that'll tell us what the problem is because it just doesn't work that way. I, I totally agree. <laughs> You sound just like me. You have to look at the whole picture. You have to. Because it, it, and a good person, if, if any of your listeners would like to get educated a little bit more on pain, 
There's a guy named Lorimer uh, Mosley. I actually wrote him down here because his name's spelled a little different, but it's Lorimer. It's L-O-R-I-M-E-R. And then the last name is Mosley. It's M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. Hmm. He actually did a TED talk that you, I'm sure you could find that he's very, uh, he specializes in pain. And he talks about um, how the mind plays a role in pain. And a lot of times, you know, our mind will play tricks on us. And I actually just wrote an email about this um, yesterday. But our mind will play tricks on us and tell us that um, we're having pain and the pain is because something's damaged. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's We automatically think, we automatically associate, most people associate pain with damage. Something, my pain means there's damage. There's something wrong when that's a lot of times that's not the case, especially for somebody that's been in pain that has no idea why it started. Yeah. If there was not an injury, then it's highly unlikely that the reason you're in pain is because there's damage. It's very likely the reason that that person is in pain is because it's that area is compensating for a problem somewhere else, or there's some sort of overuse injury So for example, I could stand here and talk to you for six hours right now, and I'd probably end up having some sort of aches and pains. I could do that same thing and sit down for six hours, and I'd have some sort of aches and pains. It doesn't really matter about the activity. If I'm doing the same thing over and over and over, my body's going to tell me, hey, you need to do something different. That doesn't mean there's damage. But my, my mind and nervous system can start to tell me, hey, we're worried about damage occurring if you continue doing this for over and over and over. It, it's a warning sign. A lot of times pain, you can think of it as a check engine light on your car. It doesn't mean that the car is going to explode. It means that there's something that you need to look at. And pain is that exact same scenario. It, it, it doesn't mean that there's damage. It's, it's a warning signal. It means that something is occurring that needs to be looked at. It doesn't mean there's a herniated disc causing it. It doesn't mean that necessarily arthritis is causing it or a torn muscle or any of that. A lot of times it comes down to overuse. It comes down to some sort of compensation and pain is a full body um, phenomenon. It's not just where you feel the pain is the problem. It's typically other areas are playing a role in the cause of that pain. I hope I didn't confuse everybody. I know that's a lot. I, I think it's interesting. I, it, yeah, one area affects all the other areas. It absolutely does. I, for, for example, I, I think, I think every, almost everybody has heard this Hey, you have low back pain, strengthen your core. Or, hey, you have shoulder pain, strengthen your core. I mean, almost everybody that comes to me that's been in physical therapy in the past, it's about strengthening your core. I mean, that's a prime, that's a prime example of where you feel the pain isn't always the problem. You know, uh, your core does work with your shoulder. When you lift overhead, your core has to work with it. When you move your neck around, your core works with it. When you move your hip, your core works with it. When you move your knee, the same thing. 
I mean, so your body is working together, multiple parts of your body work together to perform any sort of movement. And so the pain can be in one spot, but the problem is typically somewhere completely different. That, so is there anything else you would like to share? I, hope, I, I would like to share that. I hope I didn't confuse people. <laughs> But I, I just because I've, I've given this, you know, I've given this talk many times. And I think I have found that people really struggle to realize that pain doesn't necessarily mean there's damage and that you can have a herniated disc and it doesn't necessarily mean it's the cause of pain. You can have a torn labrum and it doesn't necessarily mean it's the cause of pain. And in fact, a lot of times it doesn't. It's not the cause. And so if I can get anything across to, um, if I could get one thing across to anybody on here, it's that be very cautious about assuming that what somebody finds on that x-ray or MRI is the cause of your pain. I would urge you to go to somebody that um, looks at the entire body and somebody that does perform a lot of hands-on work think massage, myofascial release, somebody that does a lot of that, because your mind will make you believe that the problem is coming from the joint. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times people will say shoulder pain, for example, a lot of times people have pain in the front of the shoulder and they automatically assume it's the joint when it, their muscles connect in the front of that shoulder that can make you believe it's joint, but it's really not. And that same scenario happens all over the body. So your mind will confuse you on what is going on. And um, the healthcare system doesn't really help you with that because they'll just take an image and say, there's the problem when a lot of times it's not. Um, so just be very cautious. And before anybody rushes into uh, surgery, I would urge you to try and find a physical therapist again that hopefully it treats somewhat similar to my approach and at the very least treats one-on-one -on -one and looks at the entire picture, the entire body in order to diagnose, not just where the pain is at, but what is occurring everywhere and make sure that we don't address the pain itself. Because at some point, if all you do is treat pain, it comes back typically. That's great advice. So where can everyone find you? Um, well, I've actually, um, I've made some lectures. I know this was a lot and it probably confused a lot of people, um, but I've made lectures that I go through, uh, um, you know, everything that I've learned. I go through x-rays, MRIs, I go through pain, I go through movement, and I try and just educate people on basically what I've talked to you about but more on um, video as well so that they can see it as well as hear it. Right. So if you go to my, if you go to my website, you can sign up to one up for one of those lectures. There's a, a back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, a knee pain. I've got one for each individual body part. Um, so if you go to Kaizen, uh, which is the name of my business, K-A-I-Z-E-N, PT as in physical therapy, kaizenpt.com. You can go there and you can sign up for any one of those uh, lectures and watch them on demand immediately. Sounds great. I'll put that in show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with my audience. I think hey, there's a lot out of it. 
Yeah, you're welcome. I hope so. And I hope that, um, you know, what we just talked about will cause people to look at it a little bit differently, as well as try and find an alternative solution as well. Sounds great. Thanks so much.